Welcome back to the Warts and All podcast. It has been a wee while. My name's Susie Edge. I'm a medical doctor, historian and author, and I'm just fascinated by how we've treated the human body in life and in death. But let's face it, mostly in death. I have been away for quite a while and I've had to nip in here today to get this recorded because... The house next door is being pulled down and it's very, very noisy. I'm finding it hard to do anything audio related, to be honest. Even making TikTok videos is really hard because of all the noise. Anyway, they have stopped for a bit, so I've sneaked in. There's nothing I can do about the birds, though. The birds in the woods behind me, it being springtime, are just going for it. So, you know, there are worse noises in the background of podcasts. So if you hear the birds tweeting, then... um, don't get annoyed with me. Just just appreciate the song of the birds. That would be great. I would start I would start by reading some mail, but uh, to be frank, I've been away for so long and so much has happened that I haven't really got anything specific to to share with you. I have been hiding because I have just I finished the first draft of my new book which is called Vital Organs. And I've had half of that back now from my editor. He sent that yesterday. So I will be sitting down and getting back to that and and getting on with the edits. And it's a fun time for me. I really like that part of it because at that point, we're just making it better. And everything we do just makes it better. So I I enjoy that part of it. And I'll I'll get onto that. But I'm not going to be hiding away doing just that, which is what happened with... Uh, the first months of the year because I had to get it done and it, and it was quite gruelling. Anyway, I make two podcasts. This one is for the history stories and the other one is a diary. Just uh, what's going on behind the scenes, how I feel about it all, what's working, what's not working. Uh, leaving my job as a hospital doctor to make my way by writing and creating online. And I, I made the second podcast because I don't want to waffle on too much about the behind the scenes stuff in this one not so much stuff to tell you about the book because you can find all that on the other on the other channel this last week I talked about a merch launch that I did that that really took me by surprise in terms of numbers of orders and how the writing was going etc so um, yeah it's called uh, diaries from the edge and you can find that on apple but also on my youtube channel and uh, listening to it on my youtube channel would be great because uh, time is money I don't I don't actually have enough hours yet on YouTube to be earning from it. So if you want to go and listen to that a few hundred times, that would really make my day. Thank you very much. <laughs> anyway, back to warts and all. It's a podcast really about the body and how we've treated the body and body parts and bodies in history and writing vital organs. I've come across so many good stories, body parts stories. But those of you who have been keeping up with my TikToks lately will know that I have developed a bit of an obsession. I'm not talking about James Purefoy. That's been there a while. No, my latest obsession is uh, holes in bodies, unintentional, accidental holes in bodies that hang around because it's so fascinating. They're wonderful stories and they're wonderful because they're unusual and people have so many questions. The The main one, of course, is why on earth did these people not die from infections? It's a reasonable question to ask, to be fair. The fact that they didn't die makes them memorable, remarkable. And that's why we're telling these stories so many hundreds of years later. Far more people with such injuries would have perished. And that's that's why we 
That's why we remember these guys. Holes in head stories seem quite common. You, you, you're going to want me to talk about Phineas Gage, aren't you? I'm not going to. <laughs> Phineas Gage, PG, the OG of holes in the head. There are probably hundreds of podcasts that mention or tell the story of Phineas Gage. And rightly so. It's a cracking story and we learnt so much. And that's why I'm not going to tell this one again here, because I suspect you've probably heard it before. I read a fabulous book a few years ago called The Tale of the Dueling Neurosurgeons by Sam Keen, K-E-A-N. And it has a lot of wonderful brain and neurology related stories. I highly recommend it. So Holes in the Head, my favourite by far, is uh, of Captain Purefoy Lockwood. He was a soldier in Wellington's army in Europe in 1815. He didn't make it to the Battle of Waterloo. He was injured a few days earlier at Quatre Bras. He was hit in the head by a musket ball. Now I'm imagining it might have lost some of its energy at that point because it didn't smash through his skull into his brain, as, as you might expect. It did break his skull, though, and the surgeons had to get in there pulling out the little pieces of skull bone and, and musket ball. He survived, but he was left with a hole in his head. For years afterwards, he wore a metal plate over the hole in his head, and he had stamped on the metal plate the word bomb-proof, which was his nickname after surviving a bullet to the head. He covered the plate in a black scarf, and he wrapped that around his noggin. But if you wanted to, you could take it off and have a look through and see the dura and the brain pulsating underneath. Speaking of something pulsating underneath, another whole story, just incredible, is that of a young aristocrat called Hugh Montgomery in the 17th century. He had survived a nasty accident that punctured his anterior chest wall. He, I think he fell from a horse or out of a tree. An abscess developed from the ensuing infection, and the skin and tissue of his chest wall blackened and died away. Montgomery lived, but he was left with a hole in his chest wall. The sides of it had healed and sealed, but you could look through and see his heart beating away inside of him. He went on to live a long, full life. Again, he put a metal plate over the hole. He travelled, he became a soldier, and he married twice. The hole in Montgomery's chest wall was so remarkable that he was brought before the king. Charles I even touched it, stuck his finger in for a feel. I mean, you would. You would, wouldn't you? <laughs> at least he would have been cured of any scrofula while he was at it, being touched by the king and all. William Harvey, who wrote about the flow of blood and the pumping of the heart, saw... Hugh Montgomery's heart and he it was him that wrote about it in 1652 and that's how we know the story. Around the time that Purefoy Lockwood was walking around with a hole in his head a chap in Michigan had a similar again remarkable story from a musket wound. It's even more incredible to be honest. Now I had a moment when I was writing Vital Organs when I realised that one could write a whole similar book about the body parts of Louis XIV of France. He had so many problems uh, and he kept cropping up. Even when I was looking for a stomach-related story, there he was. <laughs> when he died, his stomach was said to be so big that it measured twice the size of what it should have been for a man his age. 
Well, it's no surprise, really. Most men of his age were not wealthy, excessive kings of France. So, of course, his stretchable stomach was going to be so big. But enough about Louis. We've talked about holes in his body, specifically the fistula he developed in his rear end. There's a, there's a previous Warts and All podcast about that one. But back, back to our holes in stomachs this time. Alexis St. Martin had a hole in his side that allowed onlookers to see directly into his stomach. It might be a good idea to put your sandwich down for this one. Just saying. Alexis St. Martin was born in 1802 near Michigan. He was a labourer and was illiterate, which is pertinent to, to the story later on. Now, he worked for the American Fur Company. His job was to transport furs along the rivers between the trading posts. On the 16th of June in 1822, he was waiting in line to trade at a company store when he got talking to the others in the queue. Right next to him in the line, a man was showing off his loaded musket. Taking his demo a little bit too far, he accidentally shot Alexis St. Martin. The musket discharged so close to him that his shirt caught fire and the shot made a hefty wound. This was serious. It was incredible that Alexis St. Martin survived at all. A surgeon was called from a nearby military fort, and the surgeon came across quite a scene. Just under St. Martin's left breast, a large portion of flesh had been blown off. Ribs were fractured, bits of lung and stomach were sticking out. The surgeon, a Dr. William Beaumont, noticed that St. Martin's breakfast was falling out of the hole that had been made in his stomach. This gave Beaumont an idea. First he had to save the patient. That was the tricky part. He was saved, but he couldn't eat at first because the food kept falling out of the hole. He was given nutritious injections per anum. That means that they gave him uh, food enemas to keep him alive. He was treated as well by bleeding because more blood loss in a trauma situation is always helpful. Despite all the interventions of the medical men, he managed to survive. Once the stomach was bound... The sides of the injury healed and sealed and St. Martin developed a permanent hole which in time provided an open door right into his stomach. By now he was in Beaumont's grasp. He couldn't work again transporting furs and because he was illiterate it's not like he was going to be given a desk job. So Beaumont took him into his home to work there around the house as a labourer. It sounds like Beaumont was being a nice guy, giving St. Martin a job but it doesn't look like he had much of a choice. Beaumont just wanted to study his patient. Over the years, Beaumont studied and experimented on St. Martin's stomach. He discovered much that was not known about stomach's functions and digestions. He would put foodstuffs on string uh, into the stomach and study how long it would take to digest. And he would compare different foodstuffs, beef to bread, cheese to, I, I don't know, olives. I don't know. I don't even know where olives came from there. Apologies. He noted how milk would curdle. Uh, he prodded and poked, and he even stuck his tongue into the hole to discover how the digestive juices might taste. Eventually, he wrote a book about his many conclusions and his 240 experiments. In the 1830s, experiments and observations on gastric juice and physiology of digestion. There, 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 there. Should we try that again? In the 1830s, experiments and observations on gastric juice and physiology of digestion 
was published. He demonstrated that digestion was more chemical than mechanical that had been previously thought, although there was some movement involved. In the meantime, St Martin wasn't impressed. Eventually he ran away and he went home. He married, he had kids. Beaumont just called him so ungrateful. St Martin outlived Beaumont and along came another doctor who took him on and paraded him round. It wasn't, wasn't good at all. And when he did die... The military medics still felt that they had a right to St Martin's body and stomach. They sent a bag to his family, asking for his stomach to be sent back to them. They said no. Then they asked for the whole body. The family said that if they came anywhere nearby to try and get his body, they would be shot. The family left his corpse out in the sun for a number of days, so that it would rot beyond use and so would not be of any interest any more to anyone who might want to dissect him. There are remarkable stories we tell today because people survived, and to survive such injuries was unusual. There's no doubt about that. So what happened and how? I get a lot of comments on social media, TikTok in particular, where there's this kind of underlying idea that before the age of antibiotics, everyone died of infection all the time, and sure, Antibiotics make a massive difference to survival, of course they do, but the body does have its own systems that sometimes work. We've seen that with the fistulas that we've talked about. They develop after infections and abscesses, they work as holes, as escape routes for the pus. The holes in Henry VIII's legs were there for years, and they had a function. They had developed to act as escape routes for the pus created when his immune system broke down the infective organisms. Because that's what pus is. It's a collection of broken up bits of cell and it has to leave the body. It has to be, it has to have an escape route or it just forms into a collection inside that causes trouble. And these fistulas, fistulae, they allow the, the pus to run out and escape. Louis XIV again, whose rear end I'm fond of mentioning, did just that. It created a, a fistula that allowed pus to drain away. That's the body's way of trying to fix such a problem. And so with holes that remain after injury, the body has healed the bit that broke where it could. The walls and the muscle area, if, the, if it goes blackened and dies, it gets cut off and the, and the wound can sometimes heal. They were lucky not to die of infection, but part of that luck was how the body itself created a system to try and save the rest. And in these cases, it worked. The human body is a fantastic thing. And it, it was a fantastic thing for many thousands of years before we found out that penicillin could really be helpful too. Sometimes, because we have brilliant interventions, both medical and surgical, I think we don't give the systems of the human body, both macro and micro, enough credit. Anyway, don't listen to me. Seek medical help if you need to. There are lots of stories like this in my new book, Vital Organs, A History of the World's Most Famous Body Parts, which is available to pre-order now. And you can order special signed first editions from Goldsboro Books and they will ship worldwide. And I will go down on a trip in September to London again to go and sign those and I'm really looking forward to that. I had such a blast last year. 
In the meantime, you can find me on TikTok at Susie Edge, on Instagram at Suze.edge, on Twitter at Susie Edge. And, and from there, the links in my bios and profiles will take you to places like the books and the merch, etc. And if you like what I'm doing and would like to support the podcast, you can do so at patreon.com slash Susie Edge, which after requests I have resurrected. Uh, but I've kept it super simple this time before I had some big big things that I was trying to do and when I got sick I couldn't keep up with it and that's why I stopped it but I've resurrected it and with one small tier of support for anyone who wants to 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 help me out with all of this I'm, I'm super grateful right now I'm not your doctor so if you've got any issues with holes in your body best speak to your own doctor about it and I'll see you soon <laughs>